You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Welcome back to our two Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina. Tony Sincata, Pete Considori producing our show. And uh, as we alluded, a big weekend uh, going on. Uh, fantasy baseball waiver wires. You're going to be putting them in uh, waiver wire moves. We've got uh, the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, induction going on. You've got the Masters going on. Uh, hockey season winding down. And uh, basketball season winding down as well, heading to the playoffs. And uh, so, uh, but... But WrestleMania, Tony, uh, any specific match that you're interested in, in seeing off this card? Or are you familiar with, with the card? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm familiar with the card. Uh, how about you? What, what's your I mean, favorite I, match? You know, I, I it's going to be uh, interesting to, to say, but Charlotte Flair, I love watching her wrestle. You know? Really? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's because she's attractive, or, but she really is a fine wrestler. And uh, she's uh, up against, I think her name is Asuka, right, who's undefeated? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, this is Asuka, me, I mean, though. The, the, women, the women have really uh, upped their game in terms of, of, of wrestling. Like, you know, back in the day, we used to watch the fabulous Moolah. But Charlotte Flair, man, <laughs> the moves that she makes, the flips off the top of the rope, she's really good. <laughs> so I'll tell you what's crazy. The craziest thing about this this match with Charlotte Flair and, mm-hmm. and the girl here, uh, Asuka, it's right. like going to a massage parlor and having all of a sudden this really <laughs> hot girl be able to fire off kicks at people. There you go. Yeah, that's 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 part of it, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, supposedly, uh, Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan, they're teaming up against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And yeah, so... All those guys put on a, yeah. a, a exciting fights every time in the Shane world. McMahon and I'm not a Kevin no Owens guy. Yeah. Huh? I said Shane McMahon is no joke. I mean, I know he's... Oh, no. Every him. match he's he in is, is like exciting as hell. So yeah. I'm not a fan of Kevin Owens because anyone that I feel like that I wouldn't be afraid to fight in a bar uh-huh. shouldn't be in the WWE. And Kevin Owens just looks like a regular, you know, fat guy in a bar that, you know what, right. he might beat you up, but you're not really afraid of him. And, he, right. and I, well, I feel that with Kevin that way, too, because when you think yeah, about the wrestlers I, we used to watch, like Harley yeah. Race, I mean, he had a big beer belly and it looked like he <laughs> Dusty had... Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Harley Race used to look like he had skinny arms, but I bet you if I was standing next to him, I bet you he'd, <laughs> he'd be intimidating. Yeah, like so, you know. Um, but Kevin Owens is one of the most exciting. Like every match he's in, is really yeah. exciting, and so is Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon. This is going to be yeah. a good one. But I like to watch Stephanie McMahon. I have improper thoughts watching her wrestle. Like well, she wears you. some nice outfits, and uh, yeah. Well, last yeah, year I right, wish she, I was in- she came in riding uh, behind Triple H on the motorcycle. Her hair was like done real nice. She was wearing leather. Sometimes she looks really good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, now, McMahon, a, Vince, yeah. Yeah. Vince is the only guy that's not on the card in the McMahon family, and that hasn't gone lost on me. I am going to throw the odds out there that there's a 2% chance that Vince is going to fight Hulk Hogan in this uh, <laughs> WrestleMania. Well, because there some, there's been uh, rumors, rumors of Hulk making the comeback, right? Right, right. And no opponent for him. But you think about it, right? If you're the McMahon family, you've ruled the wrestling world for 50 years. Every single member is in this except the guy that put it all together. What would be better than Vince and Hulk Hogan at, at WrestleMania? Let it last know, three a, minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's a great idea. I don't see it happening. I mean, Vince is still looks like he's in tremendous shape. but Oh, yeah. Last, Last time I saw him, though, he is aging now. Um, oh, he is. So That's why I said yeah. it, it's just been one of these three-minute fights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, you yeah, got to have one final moment, Vince, you know, in your career. Mm-hmm. And why not do it when, like, when the whole family's involved? Right. 
And maybe it doesn't have to be an actual fight. Maybe him and Hulk can just go out in the ring, you know, not in a scheduled fight. Right, right, right. Well, maybe, uh, you know, they've been doing a lot of these mixed gender matches. Maybe uh, Vince and Linda. Yeah, that's that's a weird thing. Like, (laughs) that could have been the greatest story ever the other night. They blew it. And Ronda Rousey's getting a lot of uh, negative, uh, I guess criticism is always negative. Uh, She's been getting a lot of negative feedback uh, on her interviews thus far. And yeah. they had a chance to, to to take it to the next level. So for the people that didn't watch, Ronda Rousey grabbed Triple H by the throat. And he got out of it, and then Stephanie McMahon threw him through the table. What they should have done is had Triple H throw Ronda Rousey through the table. And that would have been on every news channel in the world. Mm. Yeah. Because we'd never have the so guy hit th- the girl. Do you think they were trying to be politically correct? I mean, yeah, I oh, absolutely, because, yeah. Because you're going to have they do everything Ronda, they can not to have yeah. that happen, right? Well, Ronda Rousey yeah. and Kurt and Kurt Angle against Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. Yeah, that's the main event. So you don't, you don't think that, that they're going to be in the ring together, or when they do, no. it's going to be Rousey kicking uh, Triple H's ass? No, they'll ne- yeah, they'll never like, <laughs> and it's sad to see, right? Because first of all, we know. It's not real, so nobody's going to kill the other person, so it's okay for it to happen. And mm-hmm. secondly, is that, you know, we we let the girl hit the guy, and it's supposed to be equal rights. They're in the ring together. Let him, let him, let him take a shot at her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think about her wearing uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper's colors? Like she's wearing I like it, because I know the story. Supposedly, yeah, supposedly Piper's kid yeah. uh, approved it. Because, you know, well, you knew her that, and Roddy Piper were friends. Like, they met each other before and stuff. And, like, that was her favorite person growing up. Oh, wow. Like, she's yeah. a big fan. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I get that, that she's, yeah. Yeah. Not knowing that, uh, when I first saw it, it I, I was a little ticked I thought off. It was the, I thought it was yeah. the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Like, what right. is going yeah. on here? Why yeah. would you wear another wrestler's stuff? Right, right. And I've actually met yeah. Roddy uh, Piper at a at a Comic Con. I don't know if I told you, <laughs> nicest guy. Really? Too. Yeah, he put on a show for me and my son. He basically uh, took off. Like he was talking about how Vince McMahon had stabbed him, and as he was telling the story, he kind of got into Rowdy Roddy Piper character and started taking <laughs> off his leather jacket. And as he was telling the story, he put it on my son and was poking him as if he was stabbing him. Nicest guy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think? Uh... You know who my favorite, one of my favorite wrestlers is? And this, I, I can tell you 100% what's wrong with the WWE compared to 25 years ago. There are no bad guys that are sustainable, that are bad for a long period of time. The only guy the WWE has as a bad guy is The Miz. He's the only one that and I is like a him. bad he's, guy. He's got an old school vibe to him, too. Yeah. And, 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 and he's not really that bad is the problem. And yeah. the the second is the other guys change too much. Like they're bad guys for a couple of weeks and, and yeah. that, but for the Miz is the, he's the guy, like he's the only one. Mm-hmm. So like they the should have five years ago that you were going to mention. Oh, I, like I look at superstar Billy Graham as always yeah. a bad guy. The magnificent yeah. Morocco was a great bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at all oh, the, the, uh, iron Sheik. Was a bad, oh, yeah. you know, always a great yeah. bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, we we need more of those. We need we need bad guys. We need to have a terrorist in the WWE. Like we need there should be an ISIS guy mm. uh, it, instead of the dancing whatever his name is, Fandango. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, the back hell in is the that? Day, you had uh, Iron Sheik used to team with uh, the Russian guy. What the was problem is <laughs> Russia, right? We want to always hate Russia. The fans love Rusev. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> it's Rusev Day. Every day is Rusev. How did it happen? They gave her a hot trainer. Mm. Yeah. Well, is that girl? Uh, oh, yeah, okay. You like her, her, the one that hangs out with Rusev? You know, I, I tell you, I, it's been a while since I've seen him on on screen. Oh, but yeah, yeah. I seem to remember he had a, a, a hot uh, blonde. Uh, was, yeah. he, was she her manager or wife? Or yeah, it was a manager. Yeah. But they're they're married yeah. in real life. Yeah. 
And uh, Brock Lesnar is going up against Roman Reigns, supposedly. Uh, I don't know. I guess Reigns retired the Undertaker, so uh, maybe Reigns could retire Lesnar for a little while if he goes back. Well, there's this the controversy. Yeah. Should I? Yeah. Should I let the cat out of the bag on this? Well, if you don't want to hear, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you don't want to hear, this is a spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns is going to win the match because Brock Lesnar is not renewing his contract with the WWE and is in negotiations to go back to the UFC. Uh-huh. So let me ask you, is Rob Gronkowski going to be at WrestleMania? He was there last year. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. But Bill Belichick might be trying to get him a gig there, it seems like. That's what, that's what I'm saying, because like, you know, heading into our little football discussion here, uh, is it true, <laughs> you think, the, the, the rumors that the, the Pats are kind of done with his, his uh, nonsense? I told... Of- I uh, told people earlier today, I was on the show with Mike Blewett, and I told them I think there's a 75% chance on draft day that Rob Gronkowski is traded. Um, I I said this two years ago that I didn't believe he would ever finish his career with the New England Patriots, and I I think that if the Patriots were off a first-round pick, they would take it in a second. What about the Pats um, uh, trade trade Gronk to the 49ers for their first-round pick? I'll tell you what. I I told people who I think it's going to be. And it's not a team that anyone would expect it to because they're in the same division, for one. But I think it's going to be Buffalo. Buffalo has a lot of picks. Mm -hmm. He's from Buffalo. And you talk about a team that's made mistake after mistake after mistake. It's going to be the Buffalo Bills. You think that Belichick would allow that to happen in the same division? He traded, uh, I forget who he traded, he traded one of his top players to Miami once. Hmm. I forget who the hell it was. Yeah, no, I don't I think mean, he fares. I don't think he yeah. fares Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. I think he thinks yeah, he's the, seen I mean, his the, better the days. make these moves that shock you. So it wouldn't shock me to see, you know, one day getting a notification on my phone, Gronkowski traded someplace. It wouldn't shock me at all. But uh, yeah, the knows? Brandon Maybe Bolden be, uh... thing was uh, was a little crazy, right? That came out of nowhere. The Cooks, Brandon Cooks. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brandon oh, no, Cooks, yeah, yeah. not okay. Brandon Bolden. <laughs> Brandon Bolden being traded. Uh, no, that would not shock anyone, other than there being another team that wanted him. Right. Yeah, but you're right. Brandon Cooks getting traded to the Rams. So now the Pats own the 23rd and 31st pick, right? I mean, yeah. is this the time where they're gonna? Supposedly they've been linked. I saw that they were linked, and you never know. But uh, Lamar Jackson? Do you think they would they would uh, draft Lamar Jackson? I mean, he's a couple of years away, you know. So Brady can't be too afraid, you know. And in a way, if you if you're a Belichick, right, you, your legacy uh, would be not only did you uh, coach the greatest quarterback of all time, but now you created someone who didn't have the the the, the great skills I, I mean what's what's the knock on uh, Jackson that he doesn't uh, complete uh, enough of his passes his completion yeah so is, people is yeah low. and people yeah. compare him to Michael Vick all the time here's the problem though I do not believe the Patriots are going to take a quarterback in round one I think that they could mm-hmm. wait and grab a quarterback um, later in the draft I don't see them doing that but they've been linked to everyone they've been linked to Rosen lately um, the UCLA quarterback with the picks that they got that the Patriots could go up and make a move. And there's no way that in hell happens. I mean, Giselle Boonchin would be in Bill Belichick's office the next morning. <laughs> and you don't want that happening, right? No. Saying my, my husband has yeah. done all this for you guys. We keep taking less money, and this is how you treat us? Yeah. Yeah, the only way that I'd want her in my office is just to watch her leave. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> that would be uh, interesting. They, uh, they, uh, they, I, see, I thought the guy that they were going to draft all along was Mason Rudolph. But it seems more and more teams are talking about picking him in the end of the first round. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Yeah. What about the Pats signing uh, Jordan Matthews? One-year deal, right? Slot receiver. I don't think any- I don't think anything of it. No? I, I think there's a chance he might not even make the team. Because mm-hmm. you got to remember, they have Edelman coming back, right, who plays that position. Malcolm way, Mitchell. Edelman. 
Edelman in the news, right, thwarted a, uh, a school shooting, supposedly. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah. But you're right. It looks like he's going to be back. Um, so you, you think that maybe Matthews could get cut? Yeah, yeah, you got Malcolm Mitchell, right? Malcolm Mitchell's yes. going to be back, who I think is going to be a lot of people forget about. Uh, mm-hmm. Is a complete. They expect him to be a stud, and he played, and he was in with some pretty good wide receivers when he was in his rookie season, and he got the job done. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think he jumps right in there, and he'll get a shot. And then they also went and signed. They brought back a guy with some talent, but we never know. What the hell are you going to get on him? Kenny Britt. Corderell Patterson, to me, is a guy that looked decent the last couple of years. They got a lot of guys that are projects here that could uh, absolutely play. And they still have Philip Dorsett there, plus any other draft pick. So, yeah, I think it's at 50-50 at best, Jordan Matthews makes the team. Mm-hmm. And other than Edelman, do you, any of those receivers that you mentioned – you think takes it like a giant leap forward? Is it Mitchell? Is it time for Mitchell to take a step forward? Oh, I think, think? Mitchell does, but it does. I think Mitchell does, but I'm really interested to see if the if the Patriots get anything out of Patterson. This is a guy a lot of people had expectations for when he came in the league with the Vikings. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, RG three is back. If that means anything to yeah. you, will he? Uh, <laughs> is he going to be on the Ravens opening day lineup? Yep. Okay. All right, when we come back. Small hands, though. He's got small hands. We'll be back with more Weekend Fantasy Update. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Weekend Fantasy Update. You got Joe Galina, you got Tony Cicada, Pete Consitori producing our show. And we want to remind you that Fantasy Factor is the perfect daily fantasy site for the casual recreational player. Flatter prize pools, smaller fields, and single entry contests only. Fantasy Factor always has fun contests going on. And this year, Fantasy Factor is running a $100,000 home run derby. Simply sign up and enter. Just go to uh, www.fantasyfactor.com. That's fantasyfactor.com. Tony, I could use $100,000 right now. Yeah, I could too. So we're gonna have to figure. We're gonna have to figure it out, man. We're gonna have to figure it out. We'll put our minds together, and we'll take home some cake. Yes, right. That's right. Do you ever listen to uh, on this channel, Adam Maronis? I was just about to say the time, but that is incorrect. I don't know what time they're on now. I believe they're on at seven o'clock at night. Do you ever listen to Adam Maronis and Doctor Roto? What's that? Seven uh, seven p.m. Right. uh, so they're on after me. That's why I don't listen to yeah, them because yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I do a show and I get worn out, and then uh, you know, I just, I got, I got to chill out. Um, mm-hmm. How's the show? Are they doing good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk, uh, what's his, uh, what's his name? Adam Rodas really knows his stuff big time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I worked with Adam. I, well, I worked with both those guys a long time. Adam Rodas mm-hmm. and Doctor mm-hmm. Roto, yeah. and. Uh, it's always it's always interesting mm-hmm. that uh, when you get there. See, you guys, Joe, you're one of these guys that are too nice, man. I don't think I've ever worked with a guy in this industry that we've done it for a while that we would ne- that we uh, never get in a fight. But <laughs> I think like this, you and Blewett and George Kurtz have never got in a fight with. Yeah, you guys I mean, are nice I guess guys. That, that's, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll try, try a little bit more combative uh, going forward. I mean, if, if we fight, it could increase ratings, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. No, no, yeah. People like that. <laughs> yeah. People used to always yeah. add, like, 
Gabe Morency gets he's he's uh he's dumbfounded by the way I talk about Scott. I said, well, if you had to work with him every day for years, you'd feel mm-hmm. the same way. Yeah, well, I like Scott like a, uh, personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, but just working with him's odd. He's like a brother, right? I mean, you could you could rail on your yeah, brother, you could beat the crap exactly. out of your brother, but yeah, you, know, you still love him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Scott's uh, that's true. Scott's made a big impact in this industry. He's a Hall of Famer. He's the king. He's the freaking king. He's a Hall of Famer. He's the king. Mm-hmm. And uh, every once in a while, I sit back, I reflect on that, and say, "This is a f- effed up industry." <laughs> what? Well, the fact that he could be coronated as a king makes it an effed up injury in the in, in the street. <laughs> That's your king, Lisa Ann. I'll never forget this. Lisa Ann, the first time she ever met Scott Engel was at Sirius XM. Scott walks in, and she goes, "This is the guy they call the king." That was her, that she said it out loud too. Like people really? think that Lisa Ann said that out loud. Mm-hmm. And and what was his reaction? Hi, I'm Scott Engel. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So you can be I watching know, this uh, this Andre the Giant documentary. I, I'm into wrestling today. I don't know why. I just keep on going back to wrestling. No, I, I didn't know about it, but I would love yeah. to watch it. I have an Andre the Giant story that's fascinating. Do you? But yeah. gonna be, they're going to have a, an HBO documentary uh, on him. And uh, yeah, tell me your story. I'm interested. Everyone so, else is interested. Hul- this is from Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. was talking about Andre, and he spent a lot of time with Andre. He's uh, you know going to different matches and things. And he said one of the problems Andre had was going to bathroom because some of the hotels he didn't fit on the toilet. So sometimes he, he would go in the and- toilet in a in a plane as well. So like yeah, he really had to make sure he didn't have to go to bed. <laughs> but go ahead. So he would go sometimes in the shower, but sometimes like the tub wasn't even big enough. So they would put towels on the bed, and he would shit on the bed, and then they would just throw the towels out. Oh my god, that's a tough life, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like that we don't we don't realize like the problems he had to go through in life. Yeah. Well, supposedly he had the, the the condition he had that made him so huge because they build him as like seven foot four, five hundred pounds, which probably wasn't that far off. But he had gigantism, and supposedly he was treatable. But I think by by the time that he found out it was treatable, he he was worried that it was going to ruin his wrestling career. So you know he just let it go. But supposedly he was very self. You know, from what I'm reading about this documentary that's going to be on HBO, uh, supposedly he was very self conscious about it. Uh, and also, I'm hearing that he he hated the Macho Man and Big John Studd. Now, a lot of people hated the Macho Man. Like, um, I, I remember watching um, George Animal Steel later in life. You know, he recorded some uh, some interviews, and suppo- I don't know if you remember the storyline back in the day where Macho Man, uh, his manager was Elizabeth, who was his wife in real life, and he was very yeah. protective of her. And the storyline had what? George Animal Steel falling in love with her. Yeah, that really upset Macho Man in real life. (laughs) Well, this is I could take the story further too, Mm -hmm. because Macho Man, Jimmy Hart, Hulk Hogan, and Mm -hmm. Brutus Beefcake all lived in the same area in Tampa, right? So they all live in the same area, and none of them liked each other. (laughs) (laughs) And so it would get crazy. Is that Macho Man was so um, he, he was so jealous? That he wouldn't let her go out of the house, that he would lock right, her right, in the right. house, and he had cameras in the house to, um, mm-hmm. to wonder what she was doing, because she he always felt like she was sleeping with other wrestlers. Right, yeah, crazy. Uh, another guy that Andre hated, uh, Big John Stud. You remember Big John Stud? Yeah, I could see that yeah, because yeah. Big John was like he was the guy coming to take Andre's gig over. Right. Well, the deal was... And he was nowhere Andre close got... to it, but they, they built right. him up to that. Right. Well, Andre was ticked off because he felt it disrespectful that when John Studd came into the ring, he uh, he stepped over the rope. And, and uh-huh. Andre thought that should just be only his gimmick. 
I, I agree. Once you have a gimmick, you can't do that. I tell people all the time, like we did Is Mike Lying on uh, on the uh, trash show this this week. I was like, we can't Is Mike can't Cardano lying, right? Yeah, but we can't do that. Yeah. You can't. Right, because that's Florio's gig, right? Yeah, that's not right. I, I don't do other people's gig. You can't do other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. By the way. I mean, that, if you that, imagine that, if someone that, I was going to say that show's sport. on uh, 6 a.m. to uh, 8 a.m., right? 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Uh, there. 9 a.m., I'm sorry. Uh, okay. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you listen very closely, you might hear the same stuff twice, uh, but it's on 6 to 9 a.m. <laughs> each Monday through Friday. Well, I, I recommend it because, you know, as I'm getting ready to, for, to start my day, I, I throw you yeah. on, and uh, it's entertaining. You, Chris Meany, and uh, Mike Cardano, uh, definitely a good Yeah, listener. I'll tell you what. I like Meany's good, man. He's good. He knows his yeah. stuff. Uh, and... Yeah. Um, so we, we have a little bit of fun and, and very, you know, and we'll give you some information. We have a little bit of fun. But people keep, uh, that's the weird thing when you do this is that I, I, I've done this time and time again. I tell people all the time, uh, I can give you 74 statistics like that nobody else has. And all mm-hmm. they get an email is about uh, how, Tony, do you really think squirrels w- are worried about busted nuts? <laughs> like, that's the way the world works. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people like the, uh, you know, the, the ordinary is, is great, and, and you, they love the stats, but the stuff that's out of the ordinary that you provide is, uh, is going to make you, uh, it's going to be your legacy. Yeah. You know, right? it's, and down uh, the road, uh, somebody will say, "Hey, I remember when Tony talked to me about uh, was talking on here about the, uh, the the squirrel and, and the nuts." Yeah, you know, I used to, I used to uh, before people got politically correct, and then I, I stopped saying this because uh, sometimes people get the wrong. I used to say, everyone, every now and then, uh, every, what was what? No, what, I forget to say now. What's the square everybody catches a knot or something? Mm, I don't know. I'll yeah, look it up. I can't think of it specifically, but... Yeah, see, I, I I didn't want to get in trouble, so I probably forgot the whole thing. You know, mm. you get those sayings that don't mean anything. Right. And um, I had a little but different But they have underlying meaning, that, yeah. Mm. Yeah. But um, that's one of the things you got to be careful. you got to be careful today because... Sometimes people get mad at everything. You know what's the craziest thing? Is that when people go to a comedy club and then complain about a joke that a comedian told, like, what did you think he was going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they'll I mean, say crazy be, uh, things. Open-minded, yeah. Because they're, they're on drugs a lot they're of looking, they're, looking, they're also looking to entertain you. I mean, you're a oh, comedian too, right? I mean, Yeah, even a blind squirrel catches a nut was the phrase. That people mm-hmm. used to say. So I used to say, even a blind squirrel catches a nut and occasionally Barry Manilow. And I had to stop saying Barry Manilow oh. because people, <laughs> people, you know, yeah. I don't people think it's get that sad bad. No, I don't either. But 20 yeah. years ago, it wasn't bad at all. Nowadays, people are like, is Barry Manilow gay? Uh, duh. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with it. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it, but I... No, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, everybody, like, I'm not a vegetarian. I like steak. So, I mean, everybody's different. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look. All right, let's finish up our discussion, uh, a, a little football, then we're going to get right back to baseball. But uh, RG3, you were, was he the guy you were talking about that had the small hands? He had the small hands. I think it's a good move by Baltimore. This is a guy mm-hmm. that was the MVP at one point, right? And yep. now the rookie of the year, sorry, rookie of the year. And it all went downhill. Now he was a guy that played outside the pocket. He ran. He got hit. He got injured. I don't know. I would give. The, I would. I've seen some quarterback play. That has been absolutely brutal the last four or five years. To think that, and we talk about Colin Kaepernick and how he should have a job. Why not give this kid a shot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, he deserves a well, shot. Look, I mean, you know, and and the uh, Ravens have some new receivers: John Brown, Michael Crabtree, right, and uh, John Harbaugh uh, taking Flacco to task. I mean, 
averaging just uh, 6.1 yards per attempt over the past two seasons. And the, the, so Harbaugh's like, hey, look, you know, we got you some new receivers. Why don't you uh, hold the camp in the offseason? You know, work with these guys. So, uh, you know, it, it might be just like uh, trying to light a fire under uh, Flacco's, uh, you know. Something's wrong there with Joe Flacco. There was a time in— Because he was known was as having a strong arm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. He had one of the strongest arms coming in the league. And now mm-hmm. he's throwing, you know, he's not throwing the ball five yards down the field. He has had back injuries. And I just don't know what the heck is going on there. And here's the second thing is that there was a time when Joe Flacco went 12 and 4, 12 and 4, and 10 and 6. This was 2010 to 2012. Um, he completed 62% of his passes. He threw for 3,600 yards. Uh, last year, he threw for only 3,100 yards. Um, you look at it. And I'm like, damn, what happened? Yards per attempt in 2010 was 7.4. Last year was 5.7. Yards per completion, 8.9. 2010 was 11.8. He threw for 226 yards a game, and now he's down to 196. I don't know if this guy's totally healthy or what is going on there, but it's got to be health because there's no way this guy's falling off. When he was in the league, he was at 25. I said, you know what, as good as Russell Wilson's playing and that we all fantasy owners, I said 28 out of 32 general managers would take Joe Flacco over Russell Wilson at a quarterback. Now it's not even close. Mm-hmm. So do you think that this uh, this move is an indication that there's something brewing on there? Oh, I, I do, but I don't know if it's mm-hmm. correctable because I don't know if this is a health issue. Mm-hmm. Like his just, play, uh, his his is, skills are eroding a little bit. No, yeah, I mean his play is nowhere near to what we saw in 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, Deshaun Watson in the news a little bit. Just that uh, he uh, could be ready for some limited action in OTAs. I mean. And, People tend to forget, <laughs> out of sight, out of mind, this guy's five months removed from ACL surgery. Is he a guy that you're going to be focusing in on? No, because he's going to go way too early. The numbers were insane that he put up. Um, I, I, But every time I go about this, based on what I saw, if he's 80% as good as that, the guy's a top quarterback. Mm-hmm. But him and Jimmy Garoppolo, I fall in the same camp. What we saw was a very small sample size. Yes. And you can't get carried away over five games. And in Jimmy Garoppolo, there's actually negative numbers to actually look at. And I think his perception has been skewed because the 49ers won those games. But as fantasy owners, we don't really care about winning. True. Yeah, we just care about performance. Sometimes the, the team that plays from behind, you want that quarterback. That, uh, you want well, the quarterback Jimmy, who's going to play on the team that plays from behind is going to be throwing a lot of passes. At the end of the day, Jimmy had seven touchdown passes and five interceptions. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of picks. Yes. And Deshaun Watson, though, he's got weapons. He's got the offense. He looks so good, but I just can't pick him that early after playing five games. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, speaking of picking, uh, picking right, uh, Pro Football Focus did a little uh, article about uh, the – they did a little mock draft uh they're saying that the Browns are going to take uh, Baker Mayfield. Do you think the Browns are going to be uh, with the number one overall pick? They're still going for a quarterback? I think they're going to pick a quarterback. I don't believe it's going to be Baker Mayfield. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell. It, that's insane to me. Mm. I, I really Darnell think that. Going to the Giants? I, I think it's going to be Sam Dano to the Browns mm-hmm. um, there. I think the Giants are going to pick a quarterback as well. But it, 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 Cleveland could do something crazy. They, <laughs> they, got, they usually uh, do, right? <laughs> yeah. They picked a defensive end first last year, and he showed glimpses of being really good. Mm-hmm. It would be insane Miles if Gaff, they right? went and yeah. drafted Bradley Chubb. Mm-hmm. And well, they'd have I mean, two, you know, stuff. Yeah, the Giants have been linked to him too, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. With the number two pick overall. I think Chubb is a well, guy that could go anywhere from first to seventh. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. Just a couple weeks away. Uh, we'll be back with more. We'll uh, go back to baseball. Weekend Fantasy Update. Juggling at Tony Sincata. We'll be back with more. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Tony Sincata, Pete Costadori producing our show. And uh, at the commercial, we were, uh, Tony and I was talking to him, uh, wondering if Queen, I believe they are. I, I was looking at a list of uh, bands that are in the Hall of Fame. Oh, you know what? And they should be. They should be, too. I'm pretty sure they were in it, and Adam Lambert sang at their uh, induction as Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Yeah, Have actually, I seen uh, Queen songs. Yeah, he's good. Is he okay? Because yeah, yeah. I mean, doesn't do much for me, but I guess you know. Then you had what Journey using an alternate. Yeah. Um, and supposedly he's Who's actually good been too, in the, the guy. I don't know his name. Yeah, he's actually been in the band longer than Steve Perry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't Steve Perry like come back for like one show or something like that? Did he? Or oh, maybe I'm, I'm mistaken. Yeah, yeah I don't know. To me, the band is the lead singer. I mean, I know that the, the musicians are very, very important, but, you know, just yeah. like Sticks. I mean, you know, who's, who's the lead singer, uh, original lead singer of, of Sticks? Oh, uh, I forget his name. name. But, yeah. But Sticks went on to, to still be called Sticks. Yeah. But the, their lead singer, their original lead singer, had such a distinctive voice that it'd be tough for me to accept someone else. I agree. I agree. Mm. You, you Do you know who's... Uh, Getting inducted this week, uh, you got the cars. Are you a cars fan? Oh yeah, Rick Ocasek, man. Uh, I'll yeah, tell yeah. you the truth. Uh, Rick Ocasek lived in Brookline, Massachusetts, and huh. when uh, Rick Ocasek, uh, my best friend growing up, was a grandfather was a security guard where they lived, and he was on vacation. So we decided we would take over uh, while he was on vacation. And we got drunk, and we drove the patrol car around the neighborhood, and we crashed into uh, the curb outside of Rick Nokasik's house and got a flat tire. <laughs> you got to write a book because you have a thousand stories, a million stories. Great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he was married to a model. Uh, yeah, Paulina, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Paulina yeah, Periscova Petrikova or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, she. Uh, I had her on a poster in my room uh, when I was a kid. Yeah, I had That's her. Awesome. I had her on my. <laughs> uh, who else I is like you, Rick, you, Rick Ocasek. I like you. Your wife's posters hung up in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to come over good, and look at it? <laughs> good, good times. Good times. Uh, Moody Blues. Are you? I like the Moody Blues. I don't know if you are you familiar with the Moody Blues. They're being yeah, productive. yeah, yeah. They're okay. I didn't. I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't. I'm in love with them. And for me, for my, you know. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, they had I mean, a lot of fans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you have your hard rock bands. Like I, I love ACDC, but then Moody Blues is a little bit more mellow, a little bit more psychedelic, and they introduced, uh, you know, orchestral uh, musicians into their songs, which is pretty cool. When you want to chill out. Yeah, yeah. Bon Jovi's the big one that's going in today. The Bon Jovi, uh, I mean, you call him Bon Jovi, and it's not only him. Bon Jovi's a group. Supposedly Howard Stern yeah. is uh, inducting them. You a big Bon Jovi guy? Oh, yeah, I'm a big Bon Jovi guy. I mean, I've seen them like 20 times at concerts. They were they were my band when I was growing up in you know high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen them a couple times. Once early in their The weirdest thing like, I ever the seen 80s. them with 
is they were out for a while, right? This is probably the early two. Uh, no, this is yeah, maybe the yeah, maybe the early two thousands, late nineties. They'd been gone mm-hmm. for a while, and they they made a comeback album, and they were doing a radio station concert, and they played with Hanson. Oh wow, <laughs> Umbop Hanson, that that Hanson, yes, yes, Umbop, yes. Great stuff. Boom, bop, bop, bop. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Whatever happened Talk to those kids? Hit one. Uh, I don't. I guess they grew up. I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, like, can you get a job they, working in a department store after you were the Umbop people? Like, if you were trying to make your bones, let's say, and uh, you know, maybe start a podcast, like, would you? And you were looking for guests. Like, would you hit up guys like like Hanson and guys that like were famous for like five minutes, just to like put yourself on the map? I think that would actually be a good move. Yeah, like Tiffany. Like she used to. I don't know if you remember Tiffany yeah. in the eighties. She used to do concerts in malls. Maybe I'll do that. What do you think? Want to do that? With I think you? that's a good move. Let's get Hanson on the show because um, <laughs> they get they get it done. I think that that's the way to go. Hanson has one hundred fifty six thousand twitter followers wow there you go hmm. must be doing so, something right i guess yeah yeah so they maybe and they look grown up now mm-hmm. that's good i'm glad yeah. that they grew up mm-hmm. all right uh let's uh, get back to some fantasy uh baseball talk uh what are you thinking about dd gregorius i mean this guy is on fire but when you look at what the potential for this guy batting between and uh, John Carlos Stanton and Gary Sanchez. I mean, when you look at what this guy's done the past couple of years, 20 home runs, 25 home runs last year, you know, in a way, no hint of any power prior to the 2016 season, not even in the minor leagues. Is he one of guys when it comes to you, like you worry about maybe that uh, chemistry might be involved in, in his stuff or it's just that uh, a left-handed batter in Yankee stadium. I think it just gets uh, – he matured left-handed batter at Yankee mm-hmm. Stadium because he's done it for mm-hmm. too many years now that he can't, I can't speculate on it anymore. And mm-hmm. I'm shocked. Like when they traded for him, I was like, oh, they got a nice glove. And that would be yeah. it. And he's just mm-hmm. been great amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said, sandwiched between Stanton and Sanchez, he's, he's going to be seeing some decent pitches to hit. The dirty Sanchez. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, the former Dark Knight? I don't know if you could call him the Dark Knight. Uh, Matt Harvey. Just take a look at some of the the players of note in the uh, early going. Uh, should I we drafted get excited him on about every team. Uh, I have him on. Yeah. I have six teams. I, I, I have him on every team. Yeah. I was able to get him. I think in one or two at least. Definitely one. I'm not sure about the second. He went. He went but, going uh, like there were some drafts. Uh, he wasn't going to be drafted if I didn't pick him. And mm-hmm. I'm like, the guy had the talent one time. If he could stay healthy, you're going to get get something close. Like that's a huge, huge bargain. So he looked good the first game. Uh, if he's on your waiver wire, I would absolutely go and take a shot on him. Mm-hmm. Yep, five shutout innings his first start. Um, Believe I mean the velocity's off a couple of miles from last season. I mean, sh- should we be worried about that at all? I mean, is it too early to be worried about that? You know, the, you know, the cold weather might be affecting some of these pitchers as well. Um, cold weather definitely could be affecting some of these pitchers. I wouldn't worry about the velocity until a couple more starts. But you could also get a situation where Matt Harvey maybe all of a sudden he gets it. He's a little later in his career. He doesn't have the same mm-hmm. fastball. You have to learn how to pitch, and maybe he's he's you know a lot of pitchers have that transition, and they don't they don't jump at that right away. I mean, CC Sabathia's a guy that fought it for a long time, and then yeah. all of a sudden now he can pitch a little. So uh, yeah, I think that uh, it could be a situation that you have to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what about a guy like Cameron Maben? Now we had talked about him. A guy that you could get real late in drafts preseason, coming into today's action, three twenty batting average, uh, a stolen base. He's a guy that could steal, you know, twenty plus stolen bases for you, get you ten uh, home runs. Playing for the Marlins, uh, kind of forgotten in a way. But uh, do we believe in, in in him as being someone that should be looked upon as a waiver wire uh, ad? Absolutely, if you need to steal bases now. 
I was a little surprised that he's not batting leadoff and he's not playing center field. When they acquired Brinson, they gave him a shot to hit leadoff, play a little center field. So there is some playing concerns. But that being said, if you're getting him off the waiver wire, I think you're looking at a guy. If he plays six days, you can get two stolen bases a week. Mm-hmm. Matt Davidson, uh, a lot of people have been talking about him for the past week. Uh, Matt Davidson entering today's action, four home runs, batting 318. Uh, I mean, is this the Matt Davidson that we should be accustomed to or the guy that batted 220 last year? Uh, it's, I mean, is he playing over his head or is he a guy that could get you, you know, 20-plus home runs? Maybe not the 318 batting average. Can you expect maybe a 250 batting average? Would you be happy with that? Uh, I think you're going a little – I think it's going to be a 225, 230 batting average. But the one thing is the White Sox are committed to letting him play. I think he had 35 home runs. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, like a, a Joey Gallo type of guy where, you know, get you. Oh, yeah, baby. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Who who would you rather have? That's a great question. I think I'd rather have Davidson because there's a chance maybe he gets it uh, and doesn't strike out as much and the average is a little higher than I expect. Joey mm-hmm. Gallo, I think we exactly know what he is. Yes. Yeah. 205, 40 home runs. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I would gamble that maybe maybe Davidson can hit 250. Mm-hmm. And I get you know, uh, three right. or four less homers. Yeah. I ended up uh, looking really smart. I, I dropped Jorge Bonifacio, and I picked up Matt Davidson right before the start of the season. So oh, uh, yeah. so, sometimes, sometimes things happen. Uh, you know, sometimes things are like out for Every me. once in a while, everybody, <laughs> a squirrel gets a nut. There you go. Yeah. Even a blind fantasy analyst could, yes. could pick up a good, make a good waiver wire move. David Price. Ooh. Do you believe in him? I mean, he yep. was a guy, you know, that was going real late. Don't too, have him on a single that, team. Mm-hmm. And I, yet I do. I just couldn't do it because last year he had all the success out of the bullpen. But he was quick to say, you know what? I figured out what I was doing wrong. I screwed up. I could have done it as a starter or a reliever. He came in and said he was going to be good this year. Like, he was very, very confident for a guy that hadn't pitched well in the last couple of years. And uh, But fantasy owners would take him in, like, the fifth round. I'm like, he's been so bad. How can you take him in the fifth round? So I, I don't have him on a team. 14 innings pitched coming into today's action. No runs given up. Uh, I think he has... Ten strikeouts. So, uh, I mean, if he's on your waiver wire, you got to grab him, no? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What about another couple of guys that are on the waiver wire we didn't talk about earlier uh, in the show? Jake Junis, owned in 66% of leagues. Oh, uh, I watched his first game. He pitched. Yeah. 7-1, 3.55 ERA, 1.09 whip after the All-Star break last season. Yeah, uh, I watched the first big game spring, this year. right? Yeah, because I bet the, the under in the spring. I mm-hmm. bet the under in the game, and he was he was terrific. Do you believe uh, what you're seeing? I mean, is this? I mean, just oh, a continuation yeah. off of last year. Yeah, the only problem with Junis is he's not an elite strikeout pitcher. So you're getting right. a good pitcher, but you're not getting a ton of strikeouts. He's got the fastball basically a low 90 mile per hour, but he needs that slider and sinker to work to really be effective. But like I said, since. Uh, the all-star break last season and even the, this spring i mean 20, you, you, a lot of times we don't put a lot of emphasis on string uh, spring uh, stats but 20 strikeouts one walk this spring and picked it up right after uh, seven shutout innings against the tigers six strikeouts and a walk so uh 66 I'm, I'm surprised it's that high but if he's there you're recommending uh picking him up oh absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. what are we uh, thinking about uh, nick pavetta Nineteen uh, percent owned uh, Philly. Uh, the Phil- we should talk about the Phillies in general, though. <laughs> they like what a week it's uh, been yeah. for, for Gabe. Oh, yeah. I'll get to Pavetta first. The Phillies okay. like him. The Phillies, mm-hmm. the organization likes him. Um, I was on the fence on Nick Pavetta. Um, we look back to last year, nine point four seven K rate. It was great, but he had mm-hmm. a six ERA. 
10.41 K rate uh, at Triple A. Double A had a 9.95, both on the three. They think this kid's going to be a really good pitcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and th- th- I guess uh, one of the knocks on him is that, and I guess he's been consistent about it, but uh, he's he's walk rate. Even in the minor leagues, has been like in the threes, you know, approaching four. So I oh, yeah. see that go a little lower. So, but uh, talk to me about Gabe. You put Kaplan. guys at base in Major League Baseball, it comes back to haunt you. Absolutely does. Absolutely does. But uh, uh, talk to me about Gabe Kapler. I mean, this guy has had like the, the worst week ever, right? I mean, he, he actually called for a relief pitcher who hadn't thrown a, a pitch, a warm-up pitch. He still yeah. had his warm-up jacket on. <laughs> I mean, he got chastised by an umpire saying, look, you know, this guy's going to hurt somebody. I mean, you know, uh, I forget who they were playing at the time, but they were protesting because the umpire just so that this relief pitcher, and I forget who the relief pitcher was, but just so that he wouldn't get hurt, just allowed him to throw a few warm-up pitches. But what's up with this cap? How so old is he that last? story is worse than, <laughs> it's worse than what you just portrayed. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you the story. So here's what happened here. Gabe Kapler comes out and brings in a pitcher, as you indicated, that hadn't warmed up yet. Right. And the umpire's like, What the hell is going on here, right? So he allows him to warm up. Well the Braves manager comes running out of the dugout, says you only get six warm up pitches. Right, right. And he wants them removed from the game. Right. (laughs) Right, and the yeah. ump says, "Hey, I don't know what's going on here. It's a first-year manager. He doesn't have the guy warm up. <laughs> I don't have Major League Baseball to take care of this, but I'm not getting the guy hurt." Right. Well, the Braves manager continues arguing a point he's right on, mm-hmm. and gets ejected. Right. How do you get ejected for being right? Maybe he said the magic word. Aren't there like a few magic words that you really shouldn't be saying to uh, to, to umpires where it's like the final straw? But you're I right. I mean, he, 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 yeah. Like it, it, you, when you get ejected, you get fined. There's no way Major League Baseball could fine him. Mm-hmm. Like, and this guy, Gabe Kapler, though, he, to me, so everybody loved, thought this was a great hire because he uh, – He's a sabermetric guy, and he knows that. He's a great conditioning guy, like like all these things. But the bottom line is, to me, Gabe Kapler, through the first week of the season, is one of the guys in love with himself. And it reminds me of Tony La Russa, who I think did the worst thing in the history of baseball by batting a pitcher eighth. And... Um, I really think that LaRusso just wanted to be innovative, wanted to do things different people didn't want to do. Joe Madden's fallen into the same way. And now Gabe Kapler took it to the whole different level in one week. And he did it so crazy that he has to cut back because yeah. they're going to kick he him out of baseball. Yeah. yeah. He, he lost the team. Nick Williams, who's yeah. what a second-year player, he's already like, you know, talking about hey, well, you know, I guess the uh, the computer said that I'm not getting playing time because he's complaining about him not uh, getting enough at bats. But and as a DFS player, a lack of respect. As a DFS player, I enjoy when Aaron Althea plays because it means a couple more strikeouts for the opposing pitcher. There you go. There you go. All right, we'll uh, continue breaking down some of the uh, fantasy baseball players you should be picking up on your waiver wire. We'll be back with more 